1: Drink it in, man.
0: Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Cornbread. Go! <laughs> Drink it in,
1: man. Detroit Kool Aid. What is going on, everybody? Friday, and we are back. I got Grifka here. Grifka, what is going on? My man.
0: Man, it's Friday. It's Christmas weekend. Come on, man. Not going back to work for a long time. Gotta love this. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's kind of nice how it sets up
1: this year. uh, If you can get that Monday and that Friday off and... With Tuesday, Christmas, and maybe the day after for some people. That's a nice little break. So, holidays always nice. Family, friends, food. Uh, we've got some football that will be on. So, it'll be good stuff, man. Good, uh, good holiday break. And here in Michigan, the weather has—it's uh, been crazy. I mean, people say they want that white Christmas, but I've been happy we haven't got drilled with snow. It's been good. Yeah, I agree. So Griff, enough of the chit chat. We don't, we don't talk about weather and our work day and all that garbage. I say it every few shows. We're here to talk football. We're here to talk Detroit lions. What the heck is going on this week? That, that's
0: uh that you're thinking when it comes to our Detroit lions. Well, I actually have a couple things. I mean, uh, where the lions are at, there's a couple other storylines I've kind of have interest in, and I know you don't like to talk about other teams. I just want to get what your thought is on it. Um, the one being I read earlier this week that uh, the refs admitted to Tom Brady that they missed some calls against the, against them and the Steelers. Like, do you think referees actually do that? You know, like, you know, pull a guy aside, you know, and say, like, oh, yeah, we, we missed that call. Or, or do you think that was one of those things where, like, the Patriots sent an email in saying, hey, check out these plays, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you guys were right. We missed them. Because... I mean, how much credibility does a referee have on the field? All of a sudden it's like, yeah, you're you're right. You're right, sir. We missed it. Or you're right, Mr. Brady. We we missed that play. I mean, then you're going to question the guy every time. Do you think that actually happened? You know, that the refs actually pulled Tom Brady aside and said, yeah, we missed that play?
1: Well, first off, Detroit Kool-Aid Drinkers is classic Grifka. He's he's on Pro Football Talk or wherever he's – probably Dave Burkett actually probably wrote about this somewhere. He's listening to it wants to talk non-lions, wants to talk random NFL topics. So I'll amuse you for a second, Griff. Please do. Of course. Like, I, I think I think if you watch NFL films, you always see these guys yucking with the referees. I'm pretty sure these refs know when they totally clunk up. And, yeah, I'm sure they come up and tell them they got it wrong. My thing, if I was a quarterback, would be, like, you always see them say something goofy and came up to me and said he messed it up. I'd probably go off the handle on him and, like, and, you know, read them the riot act. Cause nobody wants to hear you say you messed up. How about just not messing up? Or how about if you do mess up, actually reversing a call for once. Like, uh, again, everybody knows, uh, this can be a Grifkaism where you revert back to previous shows. But anybody that listened to our, uh, our show on Wednesday evening that dropped knows that I just went on multiple rants. Here's another one for you, Rifka. how many times are these referees going to go under the hood to look at a play with the same high def with the same replays that we see at home? How many times are they either going to get it wrong or are they going to come back and say the ruling on the field stands because them and those jabrons in New York have no guts, no anything to change a call. Like what's it got to be like 200%? Uh, hundred percent proof positive for you to ever reverse anything. Like I'm so sick of that. The call stands. Why even have replay if you're going to return reverse one out of a hundred because you can actually tell a thousand percent that it was wrong. Like,
0: yeah. are you with me on this? Yeah, I agree with you. Cause there's so many times where like, you know, uh, Man, it I looks set like up oh, perfect. I'm sitting at home sitting there, you know, eating my Doritos, you know, drinking my adult beverage and I'm like, well that's obviously a catcher that's a fumble. Oh, uh, no, his his knee might have been hitting a blade of grass. So uh he's down. Uh, yeah, the play the play's over the play stands. like, whatever. Come on. You know, it's but just
1: it's not yeah. even the uh it's not even the oh it was close, so they went one way or the other. It's the we went one way. It's pretty clear, if not all the way clear on the replay, but they're they find a smidge that might be like, questionable, and they just go with stands because they have nothing else to hang their hat on. Like, it's probably the weakest move in sports is the call stands to me. But going back to your original question, yes, I think these refs screw up. I think they tell these guys they screw up. And I don't know why. Like, you have one job, and you can't even do it. Like, it's ridiculous. Oh, the game moves fast. I forgot, Grifka. Like, what a joke these referees are. Every week, it's more flags. It's more everything. Like, come on. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay well um i want to talk about another team again as well but this one at least is in the Lions division um you know with uh the way everything is shaken out over the weekend the bears uh the chicago bears that we both agreed that we're going to be the worst team in the preseason we we thought they'd be the worst team in the division they ended up winning the nfc north i mean can the Lions do i mean i know there's a lot going into the offseason you know draft you know free agency but Is this something now that the Lions may be close there? they could flip it next year? I mean, like, who saw this coming with the Bears? And can the Lions maybe do the same thing next year? I know we're going to hope it because we're the Kool-Aid cast, but, you know, could the Lions do that as well? Surprise a bunch of teams that way?
1: Grifka, first and foremost, I think if we review the tape, it was you, for the most part, that was saying – the uh the Chicago Bears aren't fill in the blank, Griffka so I can hit the bell.
0: They're not that great. <laughs> I still don't think you, they're that great. I mean I still don't think they're you, that great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you went on and on about like how they weren't good and oh they added a few pieces, big whoop, you know, and I kept I bet you if we if we go back and find the file or go back in the archives as people should do and listen to the old shows that you would hear me saying hey, I like Allen Robinson, Treat Cohen could be good. They've got, uh, you know, when they added Cleo Mack, how many times did I jump on the show before they got Cleo Mack saying, okay, Bobby Quinn, this is your chance to get a stud rusher. Like, let's ante up. I know I don't like paying a guy a ridiculous amount, but an edge rusher in the prime of his career, I would have done it. So I don't know that I was so negative on the Bears. I've never been a, a big fan of Mitch Trubisky. But, yeah, I mean, they've they found a way to get wins. It happens every year in the NFL where people come out of the woodwork and do well, you know, people say, well, it never happened to the lions. Like I, I disagree. Like the last five or 10 years, we've kind of been up or down or had some good years when we didn't expect it and vice versa. So, you know, Detroit Kool-Aid cast or not, I mean, me and you definitely need to drink it in. Cause I'm be ready to roll in 2019. I mean, this, especially if this team does what I've laid out or what I hope in the off season, like, Heck, yeah, we got a chance to win this division. We need to win this division in 2019 or 2020 at the latest.
0: Yeah, they could uh, make a few moves and uh, surprise some teams. Uh, you know, we'll go into this more in the off season. But once again, I think a big thing is the, uh, you know, staying, you know, injury-free. It seems like the Bears have been, uh, you know, injury-free most of the year. I mean, they've had a few guys here and there, but none of their key contributors really have been out for an extended period amount of time. And then, uh, you know, just the Lions have to make the right moves. Like you said, you know, sometimes you just kind of roll the dice. I mean, they rolled the dice and gave us up some stuff for Khalil Mack, and he's obviously been a huge game changer on that defense. And I think that's what the Lions need to do. They need to roll the dice and, you know, maybe, you know, make a run like you said, like we had talked about uh, um, a couple players. So it's something that the Lions could definitely do and, uh, you know, take over this division because it looks like the Packers, once again, are on the downslide. The Vikings are struggling more this year and we can get into that here in a couple, you know, in a, in a, in a little bit. But, uh, in, uh the Bears, I mean, I think the Bears are probably going to be one of those teams like where they talk about, you know, X amount of teams make the playoffs one year. And then the next year they miss the playoffs. That, that could be the Bears. They just don't seem like the team that has like a sustainable dominance. You know, like we talk about, you know, the Steelers, the Patriots, they just don't seem to have that. So that's my take so, on that. So,
1: in short, for the people out there, like you don't, disagree with me on this
0: you i'm picking up what you're putting down
1: you tend to
0: i see it your way you tend to (laughs) yeah okay i agree i agree with you so we can keep going okay thank you but i also agree with you that mr mr he ain't that great (laughs) oh you
1: gotta get two for that okay all right
0: there you go okay so um I know we had brought him up and I just uh, mentioned him a couple seconds ago about the Vikings. I mean, it's the second time we play him this year. The Vikings are still in the hunt for the playoffs. It's uh, obviously just a wild card now. And and uh, obviously with the signing of Kirk Cousins, they thought uh, he was going to take them to the next level, which, you know, the same the old adage is, you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. But I personally think Kirk Cousins is just an average QB. I think he gets a lot of love from this area because he went to Michigan State but I've always thought he was just an average QB. Um, Dalvin cook looks to be back to his old self, you know, fast, you know, quick, you know, skittish, you know, very difficult for defenders. And, uh, you know, once again, uh, the defense of Minnesota, it seems not to be as good as it's been in past years, but it still has some stuff to, uh, yeah, can shut down some teams. I mean, what they sacked the lions, what nine times or whatever, just a, uh, couple weeks ago or not too long ago. So, uh, the offense, you know, I don't know how they're going to be able to score some points, but we can bring that up. But uh, how do you feel about the Vikings offense? I know it's the second time we're seeing them. It's actually at home this time. The Lions hung with Minnesota for a while there in that game in Minnesota. It's at home now. Once again, the Lions are, you know, all playing spoiler. Um, Do you think, do you think the Lions defense can kind of rebound and uh, as, you know, as opposed to like when they did Minnesota where they kind of fell apart late in the fourth and keep this team in the whole game, all four quarters, you know, this week.
1: Grifka. First and inform- for for the people out there too, uh, I would love somebody that listens to this show every week to count up the, the Grifkas that I lay out there. I hope people are getting the gimmick that I, uh, I go for as many Grifkas as I can on one show, but uh, uh, by saying it, but Grifka. Like, you rag on Kirk Cousins. It was weeks ago where I told you, Grifka, that Kirk Cousins, you can say
0: he's not
1: mine. He ain't (laughs) that great. That he's not that great. But a few weeks ago, I told you that it was starting to feel really odd that I was starting to feel like Matt Stafford was a Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins was a Matt Stafford. They have the ability... They're highly paid. Neither of them have really won anything, all these things. So like that, that made me sick to my stomach to think about that because back in the day when, when number nine was gunslinging and putting up 450 and three touchdowns, you know, I never would have said that, but these guys are, are playing similar football right now. If not Kirk cousins being the better quarterback as we stand right now. So I wouldn't sell them too short. Secondly, I mean, I mean, Yeah. The Vikings defense always scares me because their head coach, they're always pretty nasty. They've got some dogs, as I always like to say. And yeah, the numbers might not be exactly where they were, but they were unworldly a year or two ago. So they're still really tough. And I know we said in the preseason that until the lions go beat the Vikings, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to say it. So, I mean, Kirk cousins, you got cook, as you mentioned him is a, He's a good football player, so I think this is going to be really tough again for the Lions offense, and I think that R.D., I mean, has to deal with those factors you didn't even bring up, dealing Diggs, some of these other people, so it's going to be a tough day at the office, I think. And home, away, whatever it is, in Ford Fields, it's going to be tough.
0: Yeah, Minnesota, they're just going to be, I think, a little more uh, up for this game. I mean... They're pros, and you're supposed to be up every game, but the lines are just, you know, playing for pride, ding. Uh You know, looking to play spoiler and you know, knock Minn, you know, help knock Minnesota out of the playoffs. But uh, Minnesota knows they're uh, right now sitting in the sixth spot, and um, you know, the second wild card. So they obviously need this one a little more. And like you mentioned, all the guys on that offense, and uh, you know, sorry, I still don't think Kirk Cousins is all that great. <laughs> he just, he just, you know. He's left shaking my head as, you know, just, you know, Kirk Cousins, whatever, you know.
1: The craziest just... part, and I and I yelled at Lions fans uh, for being negative, but negative, optimistic. I mean, I guess the optimistic people are always going to, like, love Stafford no matter how he plays, and uh, we skew towards that side of the fence. But there's plenty of people that if you gave them the choice to trade Cousins for Stafford would do it right now.
0: Really? Gosh,
1: Definitely. The Lions' negative people, no doubt, and even the people that, like, are rooting on the, or drinking the Lions' Kool-Aid would be like, eh, I don't know, maybe I'd do it, because... No, I uh, wouldn't. I'm okay, sorry. I will well...
0: I mean, yeah, you know me, I can be very negative about the Lions, and, but there's no, no way I'm trading for Kirk Cousins. I mean, whatever.
1: You know. But I bet if we pull up the numbers, I mean, yeah, Stafford probably has them in, like, yards and stuff, but... I bet you when it comes down to like wins and touchdowns and stuff, it's probably not too far apart because cousins put up numbers in Washington. I mean, I don't uh, think they're too far off, but I mean, well, the Vikings are healthy. We're all beat up. It's going to be tough on Sunday.
0: Um, I have a question. I mean, talking about trying to slow down the Minnesota offense. I know this is just kind of like a side game to it, but uh, who do you think Darius Slate covers this week? I know when they we're playing in Minnesota. They had him on Adam Thielen. And I swear the only reason they had him on Adam Thielen is that he, so we what, wouldn't break that Calvin Johnson record or whatever like that. I swear that's the only reason they put him on him, you know, so they held him to like a, a low amount of yards. He didn't have it a whole lot. But uh, do you think he's on Adam Thielen again this week? Or do you think he's on Stefan Diggs? Because I always thought Diggs was a better wide receiver. And I thought Slay cover was always supposed to follow the number one guy on the team. So, who do you think he covers this week?
1: Well, uh, Grifka people count that up. I, um, I don't know. I, I really don't agree with you. I, I don't think that, uh, I don't think they put him on him for that reason. I mean, at that point in the season and just in general, like Adam Thielen was the number one wide out in the NFL, which makes me throw up in my mouth a little bit. Like that's just ridiculous, but it was the case. So I, uh, I think they're going to put him on the best guy. Thielen was the best guy. Like it's, he's still, he hasn't been good the last few weeks, but I don't know why they would flip it, especially after the success he had. I mean, if you're asking me, especially from like a fantasy perspective or in general, like I think Stefan Diggs is a pretty explosive player. You know, people compared him to next couple of years. He could be a sneaky, like Antonio Brown type player that nobody's, putting at that level right now, but you could see that kind of uptick in his game. So I mean, I like Diggs better, but I think the Lions kinda of go in there with the same type of game plan. Put him on feeling and and try to deal with the rest, but I mean, it doesn't really matter. Whoever you put Slay on is probably gonna get locked up and whoever is free is going to be doing exactly that, running free through our defense. <laughs> I mean it's no gonna doubt. be a seven
0: on seven drill. Yeah, absolutely. So Okay. I uh, have a couple questions on uh, the biggest thing is I know a few guys have been injured, obviously for the lions are down to, like you said, mentioned carry Johnson's gone. Zach Zenner ran pretty good last week against Buffalo. And then he seemed to stop getting the ball later in the game. Um, do you think the lions are going to be able to like, move the ball? be able to score points against the Minnesota defense? Do you think they're actually going to be able to block this week where Matt Stafford's not always picking himself off up the ground like he did up in Minnesota?
1: Grifka, <laughs> I've been uh, – I was frustrated last show. I'm still frustrated mostly because, you know, I want to be all into these last two games. But when there's nothing to play for in the NFL, it's really hard for me to – to not be frustrated. So, you know, we don't have many of our weapons on the outside. There's no carry on look forward to. Or we got a piecemeal offensive line. I mean, Matt Stafford, again, I ragged on him last week. He always has 10 ailments going on that he works his way through. But unless he's perfectly healthy, he doesn't really have the. You know, the zip that we need him to have to be a top-flight quarterback, so I mean, I'm kind of, I'm frustrated slash down again on this week of this team getting uh, bullied. You know, the two edge guys for the Vikings just raising havoc. You know, the interior guys are tough. They got they got a good corners and back end. I mean, I think it's going to be a, a death struggle trying to get to 14 points if I'm being truthful with the Lions. I mean, I've been on low scores the last couple weeks, but There's nothing pointing in the direction for me to say anything otherwise this week.
0: Yeah, I uh, get the bell. I agree with you on this. It's uh, going to be a struggle again. I mean, the patchwork offensive line, um, I know uh, we didn't mention this on the last podcast, but Buffalo hit Matt Stafford a lot last week, and they said it during the game that Buffalo didn't t- touch Sam Darnold the week before, you know, and then they were all over Matt Stafford. It seemed like a lot of the pressure came up the middle. Um, so, and Minnesota's got a better defensive line, I think, than Buffalo, to be honest with you. I mean, they sacked them, what, nine times up in Minnesota. So, uh, it's it's going to be a struggle for them to move the ball down the field. I mean, unless they can use our newfound cog, Levine Tololo, a little more in uh, – you know, he's, you know, because the Lions have something there, you know, at him at tight end running that seam route. You know, his he's one catch Stretch the middle of the
1: field, Grifka.
0: He, you know. <laughs> stretch the middle. We found six, something, man. 6'8", everybody. 6'8",
1: 6'9", <laughs> six, six, look out.
0: Um, but uh, it, keeping Stafford upright is going to be tough. But uh, I have a question for you. But uh, Wagner's been hurt. He didn't uh, play last week. And uh, Crosby started out that right tackle. And I know, like we had mentioned, that Buffalo did, you know, hit uh, Stafford a bunch. But I thought more of that pressure came up the middle, you know, with Wiggins, Glasgow, and uh, Ragnow. I thought Crosby. I didn't think he did that bad out there. Um, are, are you kind of impressed with where he's at right now? I mean, I know we had talked maybe in the next few years he could be out there starting at right tackle. But I mean, I'm liking his development right now, and uh, it could be one of those things where. If they like him, you know, going into next year, Rick Wagner, you know, may be gone. I mean, is that something you could see? I mean, are, are you liking where Crosby's at right now? Or are you kind of like, let's pump the brakes on that and uh, wait, you know, give him a couple more years before we actually put him out there at right tackle? Uh,
1: Grifka, I mean, I, I like I like Crosby. I mean, I, I liked him in the draft. I like the value they got for him. He's he's played left tackle his whole career even in a kind of odd Oregon offense or just, you know, he's always been on the left side. So people just assume, hey, you could just flip him over to the right. Like, I don't think that's always the case. And people said, well, because of the Lions, the way they were set up, hey, maybe he could play guard, you know, maybe he could, you know, do some other things for the team. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't love how Rick Wagner's played, but I guess I'm not ready to just – get rid of him. I think that Crosby is good offensive line depth. I'd sort of love it in a perfect world. If he could play right guard, if TJ doesn't want to come back, it's kind of like, okay, you already have this big guy in there. Yeah. He's only played tackle most of his time, but maybe he could shift inside. He knows the system, all that good stuff. And then we wouldn't have to spend a draft or a free agent resource on, on it. Just kind of plug him in. I think that's best case scenario, but I mean, because I didn't notice him on Sunday, I feel like you're right. You know, he was, he was he was probably good or decent. I didn't really think about it, to be honest, of, oh, I need to watch Crosby or, oh, you know, we're going to be in trouble. But because I don't remember him getting blown up or having any huge issues, that's always a good thing. So, I mean, he's a good good football player. They got a good value. But what can he be? Can he be a starter at one of those spots? Because if he can, then that really increases the pick value and the and his longevity. If he's in case of injury, then you know maybe we could have taken another player that could help this team. But I mean, I like the guy
0: overall. Okay, yeah, like I said, I think if he continues to play well, I know we had talked about this earlier. I can't see the lines replacing the whole right side of the line in one year. Doing that again. But you're right. If it's one of those things where Lang either they decide to cut him or he decides to retire, which I would almost want to say like, Hey dude, it might be time for you to walk away. They could uh, plug him in there. And, uh, it seems like he's, uh, surpassed obviously Joe Dahl, you know, on the depth chart. So, uh, he would, uh, I-, I like his depth, but yeah, like I said, in a couple years, he could be the guy that, uh, replaces uh Rick Wagner. If, uh, Wagner continues to, uh, not live up to the contract that the Lions have given him.
1: Griff, I didn't bell you, but you kind of just said what I said. You kind of agreed with me by re-agreeing with me.
0: Right. Not a bad thing. Um, I mean, I, I think it's kind of pointless to break down players once again on this, but because uh, uh, <laughs> considering we, d- we just talked about this not too long ago, but uh, now it's at home. The Vikings have something to play for. The Lions are playing for pride. You know, we're, we're down to the pride plane. Uh, how, how do you foresee this one coming out in, in the end?
1: Well, two shows in a row where I've been frustrated and, and trying to latch on to something other than offseason, free agency draft, all that good stuff. Um, and, you know, again, I hate to go Grifka on the people, but there's not much I'm... I'm excited about this Sunday. I'm not expecting a very good result. You know, most home games, I'm thinking, hey, it's in forward field. They should be able to win. I mean, I'd love to see Kenny continue to make plays and then continue to give him chances offensively. I'd love to see a lot of our defensive guys that are still out there stay healthy. I'd hate to see Snacks get hurt or, you know, some of these younger guys that we're trying to bring along, like, get dinged up too, like, just kind of get out of these next couple games healthy. But, I mean, I know this is your prediction time of the podcast, so, I mean, this game, it could get rough, in my opinion. I mean, I'd love to sort of say, hey, the Lions will pony up and and kind of play spoilers, people keep writing, but I see this game as probably like a 28 for the Vikings, and again, the Lions maybe getting oh, 28. I, it said it'd be a struggle to get to 14, so maybe give me, like, I don't want to give them 10, so 28-13 Vikings. Uh, pretty ha- pretty handle victory I, and just I, kind I, of a, I don't a want tough to give game. 10.
0: Why, why not 10?
1: Have you seen this offense the last three weeks? I mean, they they got nothing they can put yeah, together, and when they why do i've given them low scores the last couple of weeks and they barely reached it so i didn't want to give them a really low one again but i can't give them 14 points until they show me they can they can move the football
0: okay um once again i mean like you said they're having trouble moving the football and uh you know uh your boy Kirk cousins man he's he's out there he's he's the next uh big thing you would obviously you said that you would trade for him so uh um the Minnesota offense. <laughs> Don't
1: lie to the people. I said that the, oh, the haters would said? definitely do it. No, no, no. The haters would definitely do it. And I think if you look up the numbers, they're not that bad. Grifka, if you have to say right now, does Kirk Cousins light us up on Sunday? Actually, like 300 and two or three
0: touchdowns. I'm not saying 300, but he's, he's close. I'm going to say about probably 280. So I still think Minnesota is going to try to run the ball a little more with uh, Cook and Murray. So, uh. I, I, I could see Cousins throwing up at probably about 280 and a couple touchdowns. One one will be to Kyle Rudolph because at some point in the game he'll just be standing there just wide open. And, uh, you know, because Lions don't cover tight ends. So, uh, um,
1: The Lions have to be the worst team on like third and one from the one yard line. Like, do they not understand that everybody in the league knows to just run the, uh, fake it to the running back, dive over the top, throw it to the tight end. I mean, it happens every season, every time. I mean, I can't understand why they never covered the tight yeah, end. Yeah, I can't
0: understand why the, uh, free release. is just like, you know, what's going to happen where like the uh, guy in the end of the line is going to fake, you know, like he's blocking and then just release and just going to be standing, you know, four yards behind the All defensive right. backfield. So, uh, all right. That's a good call by you. There will be a Kyle Rudolph touchdown and
1: you say run the football, but I still think, you know, again, we were solid in Buffalo. We'd been solid and run defense. We don't have a ton of injuries other than losing hand a couple weeks ago that will hurt us there. Like, I think they will be stout again. I mean, I think Dalvin cook is a lot to handle. So yeah, he'll probably get his, but I could see them just dropping back and just throwing all day against the windsock sock, <laughs> Evan Lawson and, uh, and your boy D's.
0: Okay. But, uh, I, I still think they're going to try to run the ball. I mean, with Dalvin Cook, Latavius Murray, I, they tried it up in Minnesota and, you know, and, uh, I still think they're going to try it again here. Cause I just don't think Kirk Cousins, is that guy's going to drop back and, you know, go all drew Brees and throw the ball 50 times a game. So, you know, I could see cousins having probably like two eighty and a couple of touchdowns. I mean, even with that said, uh, like you said, I think it's going to be very difficult for the Lions to score. I could see this game, you know, it's being at home. It's the last one of the year. The Lions, you know, strap the helmets on, play for some pride, show up like their people are saying. And and the uh, Li- uh, Lions actually lose this game. I'm going Minnesota 24, Lions 10. So I'm not afraid to give the Lions 10 points because, like you said. Why, why, showing... why do you
1: want to give the Lions 10?
0: Because, like you said, they're having trouble scoring. I mean, so. <laughs>
1: Now, aren't you the guy, Grifka, that always says the I-75 eyes, oh, I'm just collecting a paycheck? Isn't that your whole gimmick?
0: No, that was Ziggy Onsad just collecting a paycheck because, you know, he was was injured by a stiff breeze, you know, so his eyes got hurt looking at game film, so he couldn't play, you know, I mean... You know you always say at the end of the year when the Lions are out
1: of it oh they're just uh, they're ready to jump on i-75 and go uh, to Miami or oh they just want to get their last couple paychecks and now you get now you keep saying they're gonna play for pride that's never been
0: your deal oh no I, I say that because that's just the cliche that everybody says you know uh, playing for pride that's all that's left just playing for pride nobody in that locker room wants to lose yeah you're right <laughs> give me a break I mean this is the last home game that you know half the locker rooms gonna half the locker is gonna be packed up. You know, because Sunday after the Green, you know, the Green Bay game, and really so like people are going to be like calling their friends and family, hey, get in the locker room, and grab my stuff, so I don't want to stop back there. So, uh, yeah, that's that's where the team's at this year, or at this point.
1: Griffith, do you want to hear a funny uh, Lions story, and then I want
0: to end on a positive note? Sure. Is it the story okay. where the guys are at training camp with the Luke Wilson jersey, and they act like they know him, but yet they're standing by the rope line with us, as opposed to like in the friends and family tent? Because that was a pretty funny story.
1: No, 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 not that story. But Luke I, Wilson I, I with two recall. L's. Wilson with two L's. <laughs> what's what's better, two L's or double initials for
0: Zach Zenner? Oh, it's got to be Zach people. Zenner, man. It's the alliteration, baby.
1: Double Z all day, yeah, okay. No, Grifka, you're going to absolutely love this story. This is back in your heyday. I'm sure you've either heard this or you know it even better than I do, but I heard this uh, recently. So there's a story about uh, – You know, Jim Zorn, I guess he was a former coach for the Lions, but he was like the head coach at Seattle and Washington, I think it was back in the day.
0: Yeah, old quarterback for uh, Seattle Seahawks.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you'll be able to fill in the details. But I guess so he was like a Lions coach, and I guess they were playing the final game of the year, but they had everything on the line. Like if they win, they either won the division or made the playoffs or something like that. If they lost, they were out. And so – I guess they, like, played the game. It was super tight to the end of the game. They lost, like, towards final play. I think they might have even said this was, like, the Edinger game where he kicked the field goal and we were out. And then, like, we lost out on – no, because that was when we got Reggie Bush. Anyway, there was a lot on this line, whatever game it was. And I guess the story goes that after the game, the media were, like, saw the people pulling out of the Lions parking lot. And Jim Zorn pulled out of the Lions parking lot already with – a full U-Haul attached to his vehicle and just booked it out of there. He not, he not already already had the U-Haul. It was fully packed and on his vehicle that he drove to the game. And then he just left, never came back. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) <laughs> incredible man that's like if there's ever been a like we're not gonna win or like we have no chance that's Jim Zorn that was a crazy story I heard so oh, that bums me out but I thought it was kind of funny and like totally in your heyday at Silver Dome type of thing
0: that's funny that so on funny. a
1: positive note the way I want to so we've been talking about all this I've been frustrated for a couple shows it's gonna be hard for me to get through the season here but I'll be fired up again once it's over and we start talking free agency and draft but So we've been talking all about, you know, who's going to play, you know, you just said kind of like some people are mailing in people just say they're playing for pride. I want to just talk about this for a minute. Like, so every, every day, every week that Matt Pat gets up to the podium, people are like, Hey, you know, you're going to shut this guy down or, you know, does it make sense to play Stafford? All these questions. Right. And his answer consistently is, We basically take it like every other week, you know. If somebody's healthy enough to play and can't re-injure themselves and is ready to go, we're gonna put them out there, try to win the football game. And like all the media and all these people take that as, oh, that's such garbage, or this guy doesn't have a clue, or he's just he's just making up stuff, he's just over talking so he sounds smart. Like I honestly believe with all my being that when Matt Peck gets up to the podium, not only is he a super genuine dude, but I mean, obviously he has the the head coach isms down where he can talk his way through a press or not give him any info if he doesn't want to. But like, I honestly think with all the jokes and some of the stories we just told that like every week, no matter if it's week one or week 17, like he's just showing up going, all right, who do we got this week? Who's up? Who's down figuring that out and then figuring out a game plan to try to win the game. He's not going in with all these other alternatives. Yes, Bob Quinn and other people are all looking at the bigger picture. What can we do to help the team? I believe Matt Pat, as our head coach, is totally honest when he says, every week we're coming to win. We try to win with who's there. We're not looking any other way than about how can we beat the Vikings. And I think that's positive, man. I don't think that's a pull the wool over your eyes. I don't think that's a – oh, that's what he thinks he has to say. I think that's honestly how he feels, and that'll only do good when he has that same attitude, when we have all of our players, we have teams that we should beat, we are playing big games hopefully in December. Like, I love the guy's attitude, and I think if he can just keep that going regardless that uh, it will pay off, even though people are acting like it's a joke right now. Just worry about each week, play with the guys that are healthy and uh, and scheme up a plan as coaches and as as players and as a team to try to win that game that week. That's all you have to worry about. So I just want to end on that, that I think that's actually really cool. And, yeah, every coach sort of says it, but I really think Matt Pep knows it, believes it, and will make it happen in the future of, hey, take it one week at a time, play with who's there, maximize our talent, scheme out a defense and an offense to win games, and over the long haul, which means the next, you know, two to four years let's look and see what what what's what then and let's not just go right now that this guy is over his head doesn't know what he's doing or giving us a bunch of bs because i don't think it's bs i think that he's shorthanded but in in the long run we'll get this together
0: yeah that's uh right there uh i think that's kind of the way you have to look at it right now that uh like you said that that's what the coach has to look at that uh try to win with what you have there, you know, do the best you can, get the most out of your players, you know, not playing for a whole lot, but uh, show me you want to be here is the biggest thing. So um, let's do this. Uh, let's move on. Got a couple questions for you. It being Christmas time. These are just general questions uh, for you and me to answer dealing with uh, Christmas. Um, has Have you ever received or what was the best Lions Christmas gift that you got? that you have received memorabilia, whatever I'm talking, I'm talking Christmas gift. I'm not talking like, you know, Oh, you know, this was like a gift. I'm like, have you ever received like lion's gift or something at Christmas time? (laughs) That's just awesome.
1: Yeah, man. That's a good question. I, uh, I'd sort of have to rack my brain to really think it, but just off the top of my head, I remember a few years ago, kind of telling my grandparents in general, you know, they always get me like suitcases or, you know, a new comforter, all this other stuff. And I'm kind of like, they know that I love the lions. Right. So I just kind of told them, when I was like, you know, if you just got me like a Nike Lions shirt or a hoodie or something like, that'd be awesome. Cause like, that's my team. And like, you know, that's one of my biggest favorite things I enjoy. You know, I don't do all this travel and all this other stuff or just those kind of bland gifts that people give people. It's kind of like, just give me like some cool lions and I will love that. And, like, the next year my grandma did that. She got me, like, a really nice uh, Thermafit, like, Lions hoodie that just fit perfectly and was super comfortable, and I love that thing. And so she's done that a few times for me since of just kind of could get me a bunch of other stuff but got me uh, something Detroit Lions. And not only did I love the gift, but I just appreciate that she heard me of just, like, you know, I always try to get people gifts that totally play to, like, their likes or their um, personalities. And people know that I'm a huge football nut and I love the Lions, so – And a simple gift is just get me something with that Lions logo on it, and I love it. So my mom's got me, like, a Lions calendar. She loves to do calendars every year for Christmas and whatnot. And so, like, last couple of years, hey, Lions calendar. So that's kind of cool stuff, and I really appreciate it. But, yeah, I've had some cool ones over the years. And, like I said, I've had lots of years where people would just never give me anything Lions. Maybe they thought I had too much stuff, but it was, like, sometimes that's all I really wanted was something cool with the uh,
0: Honolulu Blue and Silver. So that's where I'm at. That's cool. Um probably my best Christmas gifts I got for, uh, Oh lions was, I know this sounds corny or cheesy, but, uh, I don't know if you remember them because I remember them back in, uh, the early eighties, the NFL, the team don't mascots remember. were all the same. They were the huddles and each, each, um, each mascot was like that team's, what was that team's, you know, you know, whatever their na- their name was. And, uh, and you know they wore like a uniform and it was the huddle and uh, a, um a toy was brought out my June 1983 I was much younger and um 1983 they came out that christmas I got the lions huddle you know um and th- it was my toy you know and that thing was with me wherever i went you know and uh, it was in my bed you know as i grew older it got uh you know it's it sat on my dresser and then it like sat on my nightstand and then um eventually you know as it got married it got boxed up but and then when i put my man cave together i was digging through myself seeing what i had i still had it the thing went up that thing i still have that thing is my favorite it is like my favorite thing i know it sounds stupid and corny but that's probably the oldest piece of lion's memorabilia that i have or lion's toy that i have and i still have it and um uh, I, I still like it. it's still in good condition as well it's one thing i will uh always have it and i'll cherish it because it was from my parents so
1: oh nice super cool man uh that's that's a good anecdote and funny that you still could find it and still have it i know this is a little off topic Rick, and we got to sort of close it up finish the show here shortly but i want to take a quick side tangent because before the show we were kind of reminiscent about some funny old times that we had back in the day kind of known you since my college days uh not in college, but outside of college, we met and became buddies or whatever. But when you say Lions memorabilia, you want to know the one thing I think of kind of right away? What's that? <laughs> you don't know where I'm going right now, but you will shortly. So <laughs> this has to do with Christmas. Kind of when you said Lions memorabilia, for some reason, the thing that jumped in my head is, you remember a certain uh, winter football game that we had with me, you, and the fellas?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. In my backyard? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and it was just an absolute blizzard out. We're all, uh, you know, this the first time I had ever really played uh, some rough and tumble tackle with you fellows, and it was great because there was about a you know, foot or two of snow out there. But yeah. but who was it? Grifka comes out there in a brand spanking new Joey Harrington, right off the rack, and,
0: like, we're all out there in like
1: our <laughs> we're out there in our like our grummiest hoodies with like. You know a knit cap on, and this dude's got this I didn't think the tags had come off this thing, and like every time I remember him getting just like tackled or whatever just kind of oh, get off my jersey, and we're just like, take your jersey off, you freaking Jamoke like we' like we're, we're out in the snow playing rough and tumble football with ten other guys but you're not the uh the lions quarterback at the uh, Silverdome at the yeah. time, and that was that was just funny to me it was like get your memorabilia off and put on a hoodie and let's go. Yeah. So yeah. that w- that was funny. everybody. Uh, don't rip my jersey.
0: <laughs> we're playing tackle football. Here's an idea. When I grab your jersey, go down. Then don't try to pull away. It won't tear.
1: <laughs> don't wear a jersey to an to a a blizzard game outside in the ghettos of Saginaw, wherever we were. Like, come on, that was just so funny to me. So I don't know why that jumps in my head when you said Lions memorabilia around Christmas, but it did.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, idiot. <laughs> okay. But, okay is there a is there any lines of memorabilia that you would love to see under your christmas tree this year something that you would just always kind of wanted and been like gosh I, it would be awesome if you open it up it's like oh yeah this is great you know i've always wanted this and i i know you really want the banners that hung up in fort field but i can't get <laughs> my hands on those something you can actually attain
1: uh i uh i'll be short on it i mean uh you know, back in my day when I was, uh, you know, middle school or younger, like I had the funniest, um, thing I didn't even realize was funny at the time, but what I would do Grifka, is I would literally have a handwritten, um, Christmas list that I would get ready by, uh, I'd always have it ready by Thanksgiving. And then I like would go and have my mom like help me make copies of this thing. And I would literally at, at Thanksgiving, this is what a, Punk, I was back in the day, like, and I just was all about gifts and this any the other. I literally go around at Thanksgiving and hand out my lib, my copies of this list that people could like pick out an item, and it was always like said lion stuff, Nike basketball, all this different yeah. stuff I had on it. So I went from that to like now. I couldn't even tell you the last time I asked for anything for Christmas. Like I tell people blatantly, like, don't give me any gifts. I got totally more than I could ever need or enjoy. Um, so I don't ask for anything now. So there's not really like a, a wished item, but I mean, you know, me just, there's plenty of lines, things I'd like to have, but when I look around, I just have plenty of more than enough stuff. So I couldn't really pinpoint one, but I've, I've matured. I I've moved on since my days of Xeroxing a handwritten list of about 50 things to now asking for nothing.
0: Yeah. I guess I'm kind of the same way. If somebody got me something, took the time to, uh. Give me something, you know, cool, you know, something I want. I always tell people, it's just like, you always see that picture of, like, the jerseys hanging up and has, like, the teams on, like, the names on the back, you know, like, you know, it would be, like, you know, that would be, you know, like Stafford and, you know, Theo Riddick. And then there's a blank one where you can put, like, your name, and then, like, there's, like, another, like, another person, like Marvin Jones. I always tell people, don't give me that. You know, don't give me that I don't play lot that't don't, don't give me one of those fake jerseys with like a number on it and my name on the back because you know when me and you go to go to the game or tail game you see those people their names I'm like when do we sign this guy Is he any good I don't remember this guy. You know, yeah, you know, so it, uh, right. I just know I don't want that stuff. I don't want my name on a jersey with double zero or some number that like never touches the field. And like you know, like you know my you know, I'm not the biggest guy, but I'm not the smallest guy either, so I'm not a single digit guy either. I need a jersey with two digits on. Okay, just to let right. people know if I do get a jersey, don't give me even if the guy's on the team. I'm not a I, I'm not a Matt Stafford nine, okay. I, I just want to let right. people know that I'm a double I'm a double number guy, okay.
1: <laughs> we got a couple griffco OKs in there. We can't let those slide.
0: Yeah, um, couple, just a couple more quick ones. I mean, I'm always I'm interested to know is there is there any lion past or present that if you had the chance to meet it'd be like a Christmas miracle, you know, just like bumping into the guy, say like walking through a Kroger or you know, at a party <laughs> store, like oh my gosh, that's so and so that you'd be awestruck, you know, like. Do, do, do you get starstruck like that or is just kind of like oh that's so-and-so you know no big deal you know but is there anybody that you would just be like just totally just straight like straight up like oh my gosh you're great you're awesome you know something like that is there any line, past pastor present if, if you had the chance to do that you it, it'd be like a christmas miracle
1: oh man uh that's funny i mean for me personally like you know i'm not big on like the famous people but like when I have been around like there's a a little bit of like oddness or nervousness because one I'm not around them but it's not like fandom really it's just kind of like you just don't know what to do around people like that I mean I guess it's tough for me I have to think about like is there one I guess like I don't know if this qualifies as an answer but there has been some times where I wish like some of the top athletes in Detroit or in general were just a little bit more Approachable. Like, I feel like we always have had Stafford kind of, uh, you know, locked in a room where it's hard to ever get anything real out of him or have him come over and just hang with the people. So, like, that's kind of why I like the meat and potatoes, guys. Like, when I hear Spielman on the announcing, I think, man, he'd be cool just to hang with and talk football. Or I remember we went to the Philly game on a road trip and, like, Dan Miller just happened to be at the same – bar that me and some friends with right behind us. And so we ended up talking to him about like the team. And that was kind of fun. Just like we knew he was the announcer, but he just seemed like a regular guy. So, I mean, I guess those would be my answers. Kind of like, I'd love a, a top lions guy to just be really cool and down to earth rather than like, Oh my gosh, this is the star quarterback. Like, like won't give you the time of day or won't be genuine with you. You know, like, Hey, we're just people too. We're fans. So I, I can't really, totally throw out a name but it's cool when you meet those top people and they're really just like want to know about you or want to like take time out of their day rather than like your inconvenience in them to say what's up or hang out for a second
0: yeah like you brought up chris spielman he was one of my favorite players when i was a kid and you know i love listening to him call games now and even though it was at that training camp we went to a few years ago he like you're like hey there's chris spielman you walk by i like Dang, I, I wish I had something to just kind of run down. And, and I know practice was going on, and he was there just to kind of watch it, you know, because he, you know, calls the uh, preseason games. It was still one of those things I just wish I had the opportunity to kind of go down and just kind of like shake his hand and, you know, get him to sign something, get a photo with him. He's like one of my favorite guys. So, uh, you know, like you said, just kind of like maybe just accidentally bumping into him somewhere. It's like, hey, hey, Chris Spielman. I, I would be a little starstruck with him, but it'd be different if I like bumped into like Theo Riddick. Hey, it's theoretic, hey, hey, it's theoretic. And I would just kinda of let him pass by and wouldn't even think about it. But uh like hey, first every, everybody Everybody's out like, there yeah.
1: listening oh, sorry. Everybody that's out there listening, go back to the archives and like find the story about when Griffka shook Darius Slay's hand and where we I was there like ripping on him and like talking to Nate Burleson. and, and Grifka's like, I just want to shake your hand.
0: Yeah. That was <laughs> classic
1: Griffka moment.
0: Yep, just want to shake his hand. That was the that was the same time where uh well, remember when we used to work at Dick's Sporting Goods in Saginaw, the lines would have training camp in Saginaw. Like every once in a while they'd come in. The famous story of Robert Porche came into the store. He was in there for like a total of like 20 seconds and like turned around and left. <laughs> just, uh, oh okay hey robert I, porche uh, okay see ya
1: <laughs> i think that's before my day or i've never heard that from you but oh. i mean I, it sounds true i only went to one Lions thing ever at saginaw and it was like right at the end like right when i became a fan when millen wrote me and buddy actually walked up to a practice with matt millen and we were all like you know juiced up or that's when i was really just starting my my uh, fan you know it's just I don't know if I was because I went to school around there I don't know if I was there yet or we just drove down to check it out but anyway that was before my day but Griffith I want to give you two quick answers so like I was thinking about it you know me being such a, a nerd about certain things behind the scenes so if I could just chop it up with Matt Pat or Bob Quinn those would probably be my two faves because I think if I could just talk football or like sit down and, and and work a, a draft board or really hear what their plans are for the team, that would be awesome.
0: Okay. Now, I know you're not a Debbie Downer with the team, and you're always Johnny Blue Skies as I call you, but this last question, is there any current Lion you would like to do a Festivus airing of the grievances on? You don't have oh, to wrestle them, that... you know, or anything like that, you know, <laughs> for, so Festivus is over, because, you know, it, but is there anyone you would just like to do an airing of the grievances on? This is where I say,
1: Grifka, get the pole. <laughs> um, man, I mean, didn't I do that all last show? Didn't all I do is air grievances last show that we did earlier this week? I think it, I think
0: it was. No, uh, I'm talking like a guy like all year because you were just kind of angry over Davis's playing, you know, and you've pretty much defended him all year. I'm just like a guy. It's just like, dude, you are terrible. How are you on this t-? You know, somebody like that is, is what I'm thinking about, you know, like, you know, it's like, how'd you make the roster? And I'm not talking like, you know, Mike Ford or, you know, some guy that's been around for a couple of weeks or like. Jared Davis, you know, where you've been, you know, like you you thought he played a bad game. I'm just like, you're like, how is this guy still start? You know, something like that, you know, you know, is there anybody like that on the roster? You know, So it's like, when you leave, I'll be more than happy you're gone. I mean, I do it with Ziggy, so that's a trite answer for me. And he's not around anymore. But, you know, is there anybody that you would just like to air grievances? I'm just like, dude, I'll be glad when you're gone. You know, I don't know how you're on the team. Is there anybody like that?
1: Oh, uh, well, uh, I know we got to shut this show down, but if it's a festivist for the rest of us, then yes, Grifka, there can only be one name for me to air the grievances. We said it in preseason. He's come up other times. I think you should know who it is for me. It hasn't changed. It won't change. It's this guy that you love so much. Every time we're at training camp, you just like, oh, look at him. There he is. And I'm just like just turning my back to him. It's the one and only, Grifka's favorite, TJ Jones. I told you this guy was (laughs) terrible. He's always been terrible. Why is he on this roster for nearly half a decade now? He's made one play I remember. It was a jumping catch in the back of the end zone to win a game, I think it was. Other than that, this guy's done nothing. He's got opportunities due to injury. You never notice this guy. Every once in a while, he catches a ball, and then people are like, oh, see, when he gives opportunities, he's good never good never worth anything wasted him and uh what was it the Fuller boy that we took uh, he was TJ Jones delight too before just like here for four or five years never did anything Corey I mean, Fuller Corey Fuller and TJ Jones. Those are two guys that would always be on my airing of grievances and they get so many chances, so many just waste of a roster spot. Like TJ Jones, get out of here. Probably score two, probably scored two touchdowns this week.
0: Oh, that's, that's, that's a great answer. <laughs> that really is. But like I said, uh, my airing would just be uh totally trite. You've heard it all year and I'm not going to go into more of uh, you know, Ziggy because it, then you'll just, uh, you got to hear that tirade, you know, a couple shows ago. So that, that's that's uh, that's what I got. How about how about we get out of here for this week so everybody can enjoy their Christmas weekend?
1: Yeah, man. Um, everybody, we can't thank you enough for for checking out the podcast, sharing it on uh, Twitter, being uh, a little more active. Me and Grifko, as we've said before, we're definitely not uh, Twitter social media guys. We're just two guys that love jumping on here, talking Lions football. Real fans love to talk about the game, argue with each other, have a little fun with the Griff Cabell and some of the other jokes that we do. So we really appreciate everybody latching on and listening to the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Uh, Enjoy the holidays. Um, Have fun with family, you know, still uh, we know all of us that are diehards will be tuning into this game on Sunday against the Vikings and uh, we we will see what happens, but uh, super excited to sort of, work our way through these next two games, and then get this team turned around heading into 2019. So everybody uh, subscribe. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much any platform you can think of for podcasts. And me uh, and Griff could before the show. We're kicking around some other ideas, which you may see in the future, no promises. But uh, thank you so much for checking us out and uh, connect with us. Root on the Lions. I'll be back and check everybody next week. So have a great Christmas. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. This Sunday, I'm going to give you what you crave, what everybody here craves. Drink it in, man.